<laughs> Welcome to another edition of Nikki P's Conundrum. And we have back Christian. Hey, good up? morning, Nick. <laughs> How are you, brother? What's going on? All right. My man. <sighs> so some great pre-show content. I swear to God, I wish I recorded it, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, the people aren't ready for that, though. No, they're not, they're not good with that. I have people a week. <laughs> so, anyway, I have you on here today. I'm hoping to dive into a little bit of UFC with you. Mm. And uh, UFC is really the one, really the pioneer, I would say, in saying, fuck it. We're going to bring back sports. Everyone else yeah, is like tiptoeing. Fucking Dana's like buying fucking islands. And, and I'm thinking he's buying an island because he didn't really say what it was at first. I was like, this dude's buying going to buy an island near like fucking Zimbabwe or some bullshit, right? <laughs> like I thought it was like some weird place and it's like two feet off the coast of Florida. I'm like, oh, that's cool too. Sounded cooler. When fight island, I'm thinking, you know, the chances of an invasion, a tribe no one's seen before. Yeah. Some crazy shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> Getting invaded by something. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that all plays out, what the venue actually looks like. and It sounds exciting. I mean, just the the term Fight Island, you, you would think it's like some Lord of the Flies type of insane combat element, but I'm sure it's going to be very professional. I just the, the name is a cool name, Fight Island. Yeah, Yeah, but here's my thing, man. I already saw fights on Fight Island. You didn't? What? You didn't see him yet? No. Which ones are you talking about? Come on, man. The last pay-per-view was on Fight Island. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and fucking, if it escapes me now, who fought? But, yeah, the last event. Um, yeah, watch this. Is uh, I'll pull it up for you. Well, but, yeah, they, um, yeah. So, UFC, um, Fight Island. First... PPV, and yeah, so they they already uh, did this. Now, now the rest of these are going to happen there too, but because other people want to get there, let me see. Dana White reels. Oh, never mind. It wasn't on Fight Island. That's why. I, that's why I was in Florida. It wasn't in Fight Island. Yeah, so I'm high. So I'm going to concede. That's why I was just saying it's in fucking Florida somewhere. Uh, I really thought that. Um, yeah, but I guess it's operational by June. Yeah, so it's not June yet. So I stand corrected. I got fucking redone. Anyway, I thought I saw it, but I guess I didn't. You know, been wrong before. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so we may still see the tribes. Maybe it is off the coast of Zimbabwe. Yeah. <laughs> All maybe. things are back on the fucking table. I'd love to see the fucking time zone. <clears throat> so, you know, they're being the pioneer, and they're really, I think, the sport that's going to gain the most steam just because. Be- they're putting things out there. I can only assume that people want to watch sports, even if you didn't watch UFC before, you're going to kind of gravitate to what's available. Yeah, you know, Dana White, obviously, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, he has done so much for the sport. I think he's the heartbeat of modern-day MMA from a, a business perspective. But I don't know about you, Nick. I, I see a lot of similarities between Dana White and and our current sitting president, how they deliver or how they, they communicate with people. Like they're very off the cuff kind of 
no filter. They just say what comes to the top of their head. Kind of reminds me of a, another guy that I know. I think I might, might be talking to him right now. But, the, you know, sometimes they'll say the, the first thing that comes to their mind and it's very aggressive, right? They've got that business mindset and that, that meat eater, go get them type of mentality. I was a little bit shocked, you know, when Dana White yield to Disney ESPN's, you know, request to not hold UFC 249. Because he was out in the open public, like, we're going to do it. We're going to be the ones, no matter what anybody says. And he had a date. And it was like, all right, this is happening. The world is going to get MMA, UFC 249. It's going to happen. And I want to say that was supposed to happen, like, early early April, I think. Mm-hmm. And and then it got canceled. And, and Dana White, you know, he had said he, he respected ESPN. I wonder what the conversation really was like like I wonder who I wonder if he got bullied and he yielded to that or if it was just a gentleman's agreement where you know what that actually does make sense let's not you know increase the risk to fighters and and to the company I don't know that was definitely it caught me off guard because not not to say that everything Dana White says happens you know he's known for that but I really thought UFC 249 was going to happen so it was interesting to see him back down from that. Well, there's always variables when he's trying to put things on. He has a tougher job, I believe, than anybody else who runs a sport just because of this. If I'm the Major League Baseball commissioner, I got teams who are going to show up whenever the fuck I say. They have to. They're contractually obligated. But you have contractually obligated fighters who don't have to take certain fights. Like, for instance, I can be contracted to the UFC and I can refuse a fight to you. Like, the Blue Jays cannot refuse to play the Red Sox, right? Lakers cannot refuse to play the Hornets. Like, you have to fucking do that. So what happens is, is he's got all that, and it may not have been, I don't think, truly, it was a lot about, like, Disney saying it. I think he wanted to do it. I think he was going to stand up to them, and I think what happened was he realized he wasn't going to have a card. Cause I think some people probably said, our fighters said, he probably like reached out to them and let them have a voice, but like, look, I'm thinking about still doing it, and the fighter like, mm, I'd rather not. You know, because look at the Khabib, and even that's out of his control, but you know, the Khabib situation and plus coronavirus, you know, was, I mean, it's still pretty much a big thing, but at the time was much bigger, you know, much more of a shell shock thing, and I think fighters like, oh, I'd rather not, you know? Yeah. So I figure that probably played a part, but again, it's just speculation. Who the fuck knows? No, well, I mean, I, I definitely think there's there's some truth to that. Well, we know that that Rose Namajunas she she backed out of the fight. I guess she had you know two two virus related deaths in the family, and then Khabib was pretty much on lockdown uh, because of the whole Russia situation. So they had already changed that up right from Khabib and and Tony to. Justin stepping in. So I think there's definitely some truth to that. You know, you lose Rose, you lose Khabib, and then maybe Dana's like, well, let's give this a couple more weeks to materialize. I don't know. I think that's a very that 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 makes sense, you know? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought up Rose. I am. Because I here's a girl who's arguably one of the better fighters in female division now and even if you look at overall the span that it's been around, Rose is a pretty powerful hitter. However, she's not Doug Rose. She's fragile. She's a little bitch. And I say that because how the fuck do you call yourself Thug Rose and Conor McGregor accidentally taps a fucking bus with a fucking handcart? 
and you've got fucking PTSD when you are on a fucking bus full of people who are trained to fight and you're that fucking weak and you complain about it and you back out of fights and you lose your little passion for fighting when Andrade body slams your fucking head off the map. And she go, I lost my, you know, but she's like, it was, it was a relief. Like Cormier was mad. Your boy, Daniel Cormier was mad at her. Do you remember that? When she said yeah. it was a relief to leave the belt and he could not believe that because Cormier is, and I hate to fucking say this because I'm a John Jones guy, but he's a champion's champion. What I mean by that is Cormier carries himself as a champion should, right? Cormier is never going to say, oh, there's a burden with that belt. Cormier, if he could make weight, which he never would, would take belts from lower weights, you know? I mean, you know what I'm saying? But if he could, he's that guy. Like, if Cormier could do it, you know, he'll take belts. He just won't take a diet, you know? <laughs> so, we got to tell the, the people listening to the podcast, they, they need to understand some of the jabs you've just taken. So, for those listening, I'm a huge, huge, huge DC fan. A good good buddy of mine had had brought him out to some work events, knew him because DC was coaching his son, and so I got to meet DC on a personal level several times. The guy is unbelievable. In fact, he he came out and told his his life story, his success story, which made you fall in love with him even more. So Nick and I, we've had this this long standing conflict, and and Nick is really good at poking me about it because he knows I'm a huge DC fan, and and one day, can I tell the story? Or do you want to tell the story? No, nah, well, no, nah, we were going. You tell it. Okay, you... we were going back and forth, and uh, I was talking, and I and I wanted to lead in, so you know, I was baiting you. So I was like, "Man, you know, DC's so far out of weight, what have you?" And then you know, you had defended him, and I said, "Well, look, have you ever seen a picture of his dad?" And to which you said, "No." And then I immediately sent you a picture of John Jones. <laughs> That's his fucking so, daddy. Yeah, so from my perspective, I, I was intrigued. Like, the way that you teed me up, the way you set it up, I'm like, you know what? I haven't actually. I'm a huge DC fan, and I've never seen his dad. And we're talking about DC was looking a little bit soft. He was putting on a lot of weight. Can he get back down to where he needs to be? And the way that you sent the comment was or the question like, hey, have you ever seen DC's dad? And I'm like, no, you know, I actually haven't. And then, so then my mind started going to two different areas. Like either DC's dad is really, really overweight, which would make sense why, you know, Nick's saying that, man, I don't know if he's going to be able to make weight. Or I'm thinking DC's dad is like super fit, maybe a smaller guy, slim. And then, then it's like, well, why is DC so big? So I'm literally intrigued by that question that you pose. And I'm, I'm at the... You know, figurative, figuratively, I'm at the edge of my seat. Like, all right, I need to see DC's dad. And I go to search the web for his dad. And then the text message comes through, and it's a picture of John Jones. And I was like, this guy got me. Like, you baited me in so good. And then you just slaughtered me with that one. But all in good fun. I mean, you, you, you've given me DC cards, you know, and, and, uh, I, I think we have a, a lot of fun, friendly banter with that. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge DC fan. I agree. He, he is He's a champion's champ. The guy is – he embodies what it is to be a champ. I'm actually caught off guard right now. I was a little bit surprised of what about what you said regarding Rose. And to add a little bit more controversy to the conversation between us, because I also know that you're a huge – 
a huge Ronda fan. I felt a very similar way, like when Rose lost, when she got dumped on her head, and because she lost, she was thinking about quitting, she just broke down and, and showed how fragile she was. From a, a fight fan perspective, you don't want to see that in your fighters. You want to see them break down because they're hungry to win, not because they, they took a loss and, and the loss defeated them. There's a difference from between just like the loss eating you up and making you more hungry. Like I got to get that title back. There's a big difference between that and, Oh, I just lost. I want to quit. And I saw that with Rhonda when, when Rhonda got, got beat up and, and we didn't see or hear from her for a while. And then I think, I don't know if it was the Ellen show. I think it might've been where she came on the Ellen show. And then she, she expressed how she went into a deep depression not not to knock that at all you know i i respect that you know people have mental health problems i respect that but you just don't expect that in your fighters because you expect a fighter to be resilient you expect them to be different than the the average person so i lost interest in rose with the the bus incident and then with her losing to Jessica it was I don't know if I can be a fan of hers anymore well I will have you know this I will have you <laughs> that know doesn't this. sound good no I will have <laughs> you know this is that the Ronda Rousey situation and the Rose Nama Yunus situation are two very different situations one we have a shell-shocked and scared girl in Rose Nama Yunus okay that's what we have with Ronda Rousey, no. Here's why. In 2015, <clears throat> Ronda Rousey wanted to make the leap to the WWE. This is when she's undefeated. This is prior to Holly Holm. She goes to WrestleMania. The Rock takes her over the, the ramp, and she gets in the ring. The agreement in 2015 was that Ronda Rousey would fulfill her contractual obligation, which was only two fights left, which was why the uh, rematch with Nunes even happened. So prior to Holly home fight, Ronda Rousey already knew she was coming to the WWE. She knew it. UFC knew it. WWE knew it. Fuck, WWE still has her under contract. If Travis Brown's fucking dick would finally work and get her a fucking kid, we can get her back into sports. But apparently, his boys don't fucking swim. They had a fucking baby vacation to get pregnant, and he still fucking failed. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, if they need help, reach the fuck out. I know some people, you know what I mean? I know pl I know some guys with a few kids. They'll fucking hook it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man, unless she's got, like, the anti-vagina. But anyway, so get these. Unless her vagina's as bad as her fighting style. I'm just kidding. I love her to death. I'm just kidding. No. So what I'm saying is, is that with Ronda Rousey, I think her head was checked out. So I, I would say both in the heads are checked out. But Ronda, when she went in against, I think she felt she was invincible. Like, I'll just ride out these two fights. You know, and I don't think she really prepped hard, hard for Holly Holm. Not saying Holly Holm still wouldn't have won. I'm not taking anything away from her or her victory. Uh, but I think that she already knew the next step. And I think when you already see the door, some people kind of ease up because you're thinking, okay, this isn't forever. This is two more fights, right? This is it. Because W brought her on because they wanted to use her, right? They, what they didn't realize was it was going to take some years because those two fights took a little while because Holly Holm kicked her fucking head off. And then she comes back yeah. and Nunez fucking 
fucks it right up. I think WWE is like, dude, you got to stop getting so fucked up because literally it should have been bang, bang because had she just walked in and killed Holly Holm, let's say she killed Holly Holm, then four or five mm-hmm. months later she could have went in there and fought the next contender and she would have been fine. And then she would have left and never had to fight Nunes because had she beaten Holly Holm, chances are the next fight probably wouldn't have been Nunes. I don't think so anyway. Because I think somebody along the way would convince her that her final fight should be the Misha Tate 3. Just being her final mm-hmm. fight, and she has confidence against Misha. And uh, it would have been a right, great way to go off to the sunset, because Misha would have choked her out, not beat the shit out of her face. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. Like, it's less healing when you just lost a little bit of air than it is when Nunez fucking tees off on you. Like, look at Cyborg. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so I don't think the situations I- are the same. I would still pay to see uh, a Ronda Misha. I think that's still a fight that makes sense, even with both of them being as inactive as they've been. But I, I one of my coworkers asked me this question. Right? I actually went to Ronda's first fight in the UFC, and it was a big, it was a big event, right? First female to fight in in the UFC. So I was a fan of hers. And I was talking about her a lot, about you know how dominant she was, and a casual fight fan with a, a very outside perspective. You know, he had seen some fights, never really had any any MMA experience, so he was just a casual fan. He he asked me this, and this had to have been about 2016, I, I would assume. He said, "Is is her record maybe what it is because there's just not a lot of." talent the female that you know the ufc fight pool for females i was like well i don't think so but the more and more I thought about it I, I think there was a little bit of truth to that i think that she was definitely ahead of her time i have to say that she was ahead of her time which is one of the reasons why she was so dominant but i do think that that it's a valid argument to say well she was ahead of her time and a lot of people that she was fighting was behind their time I think, and, and maybe Nick, maybe you can weigh in on this. How do you think a in her prime Ronda Rousey, like at her very best, how she would fare in the women's division today against the talent pool that we see right now? Do you think that she would have the same success? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the, the reason why I say that is because of Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunes. And a lot of these girls in the 130s, and even the girls in the 115s coming up right now, are going to be a lot better than the 115s before. Make no mistake, Amanda Nunes, as much as even I hate to say it, is the girl. She is the beast. Uh, She's it. And so with Amanda Nunes, and then the only girl who can take her punches is Valentina. That's why Nunes hates it, because Valentina can take a punch. She can take five rounds of fucking Amanda Nunes and still be standing there. Nunes is used to punching you three times and you go down. That's why Nunes doesn't really hit her right away because there's no fucking point. She can take five rounds of this beating, you know? My punches don't have the effect. So at girls like that, those two, oh, they're the mainstays. You are, unless Amanda wants to take on motherhood and wants to like, you know, kind of drop a belt, you know, maybe not like this Felicia Spencer match. I think when I look at Nunes, if she loses this fight to Spencer... It's not because Nunes is the worst girl. It's Nunes is ready to move on. Because there's a difference in the 135 body. If you are 145, if you look at Nunes's body right now, getting ready for this fight, she's a soft, 
soft weight. What I mean by that is she's making weight, but she's not the defined strong Amanda Nunes. She's more of, uh, I want to say fluffier version. And I think Spence has got a chance because Amanda Nunes' head's checked out because Nina Arnasoff, what, however you say her name, you know, she, her girlfriend, wife, whatever, you know, she's having a baby. And so I think she's looking at motherhood and she's kind of in it, kind of not in it. Like, I think, I don't think she wants to lose, but I don't think she's really like prepping to really win like she usually does. So, but I think that girl said, you know, you're right. If Ronda Rousey came out today, yeah, Ronda Rousey would be mid card level at fucking best. She'd be another Paige Vincent, how she is in the 115 because of the talent Mm -hmm. pool. But you needed a Ronda Rousey. You needed a dominant champion because you didn't really have that. You had a female hold the belt for so long, get them on the UFC pay-per-views, win. Because if Ronda Rousey would have faltered against any of those girls, let's just say first female fight, Ronda Rousey actually loses that fight to, I know she was a Marine, but I forget her name. Um, but if she actually loses, then that kills it. Like literally, they would. That, and if you remember, she was on the mat and everything. She was almost choked out. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'll get uh, Liz Carmouche. Yeah, Liz Carmouche. She had Ronda on the mat. Let's not make a mistake. Yeah, did beat Rousey beat her in the first round? Yeah, I give you that. But was it scary at a certain moment? Mm-hmm. Carmouche had her. Remember that? Even Joe Rogan's like, she's losing air. Like it was tight. So yeah. But it was necessary. But no, I don't think to today it's tough. And even that one fifteen division, you know, where Rose is, you know, they're much better than the one fifteens that were preceded them. Yeah, no, I agree. But the interest is just starting. You gotta think this is new. Right now, we're looking at the very, very baby steps of women's MMA. There's a lot of little girls out there right now who are looking at this and be like, I'm going to be the next star and be the next star. Bro, we're 10 years out, 15 years out from the pool being stacked, right? Where you can actually truly have like a straight up women's fucking MMA division, you know, like a true one. What I mean by that is true because some of these weight classes, you barely have four to five active. Like you got top 10, but like five of them ain't fighting. Yeah. You know, so... We'll see. So anyway, so, so do you go ahead. Do you think, speaking of the the one fifteen division, the UFC, do you think, do you see the the belt bouncing from person to person, or do you think it's secured with Wheelie Zhang? I think it's going to be interesting. Here's why: it could stay with Zhang. However, I could see it bouncing around a little bit in this aspect. Zhang is trying to be a lion when she needs to kind of just calm it down just a little bit. She's calling out Rose Namajunas. Now, this is a, this is a dumb move because much shit as I talk about Rose Namajunas, I look at Whaley Zhang and I look at Rose Namajunas and I say to myself, who would win that fight? And the answer is Ioana Janjek's face, right? Think about this for a second. Ioana Janjek took five rounds of Whaley Zhang's punches and yes, she looked fucked up, but she was still standing. I've seen a time where yeah. fucking Rose Namajunas knocks her the... F- Rose's punches knock Joanna down. So if you look at Joanna, and if anything, if she took extra damage from Rose, she would have went down easier for Zhang. She wouldn't get stronger from getting her face kicked in. So you see her, and you say to yourself, Rose hits harder than Whaley. Right? So it would be, in my estimation, bad for Whaley to do what she sometimes does and sells out in the punches and exchanges punches because her punches mm-hmm. are less effective. Very less effective. She could not finish Joanna Yanjinchik in five rounds of beating her face in. Rose can do it in one. You can't exchange with that. 
you don't want to sell out on the punches. Rose will fucking own you. So if Zhang sells out, yeah, because his belt bounced around because I'll tell you who I think's coming up is my, one of my favorite fucking fighters, and she hasn't fought in a little Hold while. On. Go ahead. Let, let, me, let me just guess because I'm, I'm thinking the person, I just want to see if I'm thinking what you're thinking. If I had to guess who this belt is going to be wrapped around in the near future, Tatiana Suarez. 100%. 100. Is that who you were thinking? Yes. And she hasn't fought since she fought Nina, right? About Nunez's wife. Even though she won that fight. Yeah. But she got hurt and she hasn't really returned. So I don't know what's going on with her. But I thought she was the future. And I'm telling you, when she comes up for that belt, I really believe that Tatiana Suarez is the person who could take the belt and hold it for a while. Now, again, Zane could lose it to Rose, but I don't think either one of them are going to beat Taddy. I don't. Yeah, and, I, and she's she's just a natural fucking fighter, wrestler. She's got it all, and uh, yeah. And again, she was injured in the Nina fight. She got injured like in the last round. If you remember, the Nina started teeing off on her, and Tatiana just mm-hmm. to take the beat down because she just couldn't really you know do much back. So yeah, I, I do believe Tatiana Padilla Suarez. She, she's pretty badass. <laughs> but yeah, she ain't fought in like fucking ten years. You know what I mean? I was six years old when I saw her fight. Yeah, so. <laughs> Can anybody beat? Can anybody beat in the one thirty five? Can anybody beat Amanda? No, man, no. The only person who could beat Amanda in the one thirty five is Valentina Shevchenko. It's a, and again, that's only if Amanda's one hundred percent. Now, if Amanda checks out mentally, then yeah, anybody can beat you if you check out mentally because you check out mentally. You know, one clean shot, you're done. But Amanda at one hundred percent, fuck no, no one's touching her. And Valentina, no one's touching yeah. her 100%. And if they fight each other, and they're both 100%, they're going five rounds. And it's fucking dealer's choice. So, how about on the guy side? How about McGregor versus Silva? Have you heard about this? Yeah, that's, you know, I remember them throwing around that idea very, very casually several years back. And, you know, this is one of the things that people love but also hate about Connor is there, there is a large audience that just wants to see a guy like Connor win a strap and then just defend it, like, for a long time. But then there's also that, that other category of, of fans who love just his the chaos that he brings, right? Like, I'll go fight the best, arguably best defensive boxer in boxing history, and, and yeah, I, I will go up, and I'll go down, and, and I'll go here, and I'll go there, and, and yeah, super fight that's like way outside of the realm of possibilities. You know, let's do it. <clears throat> I think he just, he's a businessman before he's an MMA fighter. At least that's where he's, he's shifted his behaviors to, I think. But I can't say that I'm not intrigued with that. You know, that's the thing that, that people are interested in, you know, when, in when it comes to Connor is he just brings a lot of uncertainty. And he brings things that you never would think would actually happen. So whether or not Dana says, let's do it, let's move forward on that, it makes sense. I don't know. I think at this point, they feel like anything makes sense for Connor because he can make sense of anything with the, the star power that he brings. But what are your thoughts on that? It's too safe. It's fucking safe. Right? Connor yeah. knows. I believe, he, I believe he knows, right? I don't know what he knows, but I believe he knows. That he's not a top fighter no more. 
right? He's another fucking one who I truly believe is a product of luck like Ronda, but in a different way. I think if he does a one-punch knockout Aldo, Aldo fucking ends him. I would believe that wholeheartedly. I think that that was just sheer luck. Now, people can say this, a precision and timing and all this other bullshit you want to say. No, I say kind of strung together a few fucking flukes, right? Because the minute he can't get that fluke victory, Nate Diaz shows him up. Khabib shows up. The dude has no fucking cardio, right? None whatsoever. And so if you get him into the later rounds, you fucking own him. Now, I'm not saying he can't hold his own, but he's just... He's not going to get that one-punch knockout. That one-punch knockout is only going to come immediately. He's not going to be able to finish after that. See, I, you know, I feel when I watch Connor fight, and you might not agree with this, but I, I think he has a tremendous amount of short-term talent, short-term meaning in the actual fight itself. He reminds me a lot of BJ Penn. I was a huge BJ Penn fan, but I was also constantly finding myself frustrated with BJ Penn because – DJ Penn was known for not really training hard because he was living off of this ridiculous amount of talent that he just naturally had. And so he, he got by on that. He got by on, you know, being this prodigy and, and having this, this talent that didn't really take a whole lot of refinement. And so you would see BJ go into these fights and he would always fade. He would all, always die down. He, for years, he kept getting criticized about not training hard, not working hard. And not that it's the same thing, but I just I don't think Connor will ever have the gas tank. Like some of these guys are just gifted with it. Some of these guys, like like Tony Ferguson, these guys that just have this, Covington's got one. I think car- Covington can hang in there forever. Yeah, yeah, he's another one. They've got this cardio that is just a gift. Like some people just have the gift of power. I don't think Connor's ever going to have the cardio that he needs to be as good as he's capable of being. And he reminds me, I can't think of the other fighter, but maybe like a guy like Nate Marquardt. Nate, Nate I think, skill set that that guy had, this is, you know, a long time ago in MMA, that, you know, for, for most people. But Nate Marquardt, I think, had one of the greatest skill sets in MMA. But he was one of those guys, he just wasn't a performer. Like, he would get into the octagon on fight night and – and his true capacity would never really come out. So all that to say, like I, I think, I think Connor is extremely talented. I think he has a very good fight IQ. I, obviously, he possesses great power. He's got a lot of uh, unique mobility in his body. Like his his body mechanics are very very special. But he doesn't have that gas tank. And like you said, if he doesn't connect, or if he fights a guy like like a Tony Ferguson, as we just saw, Tony can take a beating. How does a guy like Connor beat a guy like Tony? If you're hitting him with everything you've got, like you were against Diaz, and that person never fades, can Connor ever win a fight like that? I don't know if he can. I think that with with Connor McGregor, he's 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 done. As far as its main event level, as far as like taking a title, I think those days are past him. But I think that Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey are in the same boat in which they both were the attractions that put UFC truly to another level of 
viewership, bringing in fans because Connor's the first one trash talking. Rhonda's the first female. They're both fucking dominant and they're dominant at the same fucking time too, right? Like it was the perfect storm for the UFC. They got attraction who's a boy. They got the attraction who's a girl. Right, they have it together, and they both fucking lose. Remember that night, the fucking Dana White's wanting to jump off a fucking bridge, um, right? Because because that was your main draw. It's like when your main draws lose, that sucks. You see, because that's the fucked up thing about UFC. Here's the fucked up thing about UFC, and the fans are bred this way. The average UFC fan is bred to be a fair weather fan. Right? What happens is is that as soon as a fighter loses, right? So for instance, you got Jorge Masvidal. Right, if Masvidal were to go in there, and right now everybody's blowing him, right? Everyone's singing his praises, and his say goes into guys against Covington, and then Covington beats him, his fan base will take a hit. He won't maintain the same fan base. It's like Connor. Everybody was blowing Connor McGregor, including myself. I'm, I'm part of this too. I'm part of this culture. Connor loses a couple times, and what am I saying? Uh, he sucks. Uh, you know, it's like, but bitch, you weren't saying that 10 minutes ago, dude. He's fighting the best of the best of the best, sir. Right. He's not, he's not fighting like Joe Schmo from the fucking back alley bar and he fucked him up. He's fighting a trained fucking fighter, like a Nate fucking Diaz, who there aren't many people who can beat the shot. Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz, is a fucking warrior, you know, <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Khabib is a fucking killer. You know, that's a trained motherfucking Russian. You know what I mean? He is not gonna... You're not like... He's not fighting nobodies. It's not like he went in there against fucking Jacare Souza and took an ass beat, even though he's not nobody, but yeah. you know, he's not at that lower level where you'd be like, what the fuck? So I think the problem is he had to fail with the fans. So I think Connor and Rousey were really good for getting at least a decent fan base together. I put in there, but I think Connor's done. Uh, I, one thing I want to mention, because I brought up Mazdaval, is this, in Covington is that there's, there's a chance that a fight like that could happen. And I know Covington's coming off a loss. But if Covington went in there against Masdaval, do you foresee, do you think there's any chance of Covington actually beating Masdaval with Masdaval with how hot he is right now? Yeah, I, I you know, Colby's a, he's a big mouth. But I think there's definitely some truth to what he says, you know, they, they've been fighting out of the same gym for, for over a decade or nearly a decade. And I think that, you know, in that setting, you're, you're feeling the power, you're feeling the, the, the skill set of the other people in your gym. And I, I think Colby is telling the truth. Like, I think he probably does dominate Jorge. I, th- I think he, he, out wrestles him. I definitely think he outworks him. I think that's a bad matchup for Masvidal. I, I think that Colby could could win that. I mean, you saw you saw the toughness of Colby against Kamara Usman. He did, and Usman's no fucking anybody, joke. Usman is no joke. Yeah, and and I think that was a good showcase for him as well too, because Colby took him in a deep water as well, but. I think they run that rematch back. I think Colby wins that one. And I think he, he beats Masvidal as well. I, I, if he plays it smart, right? if you're just going to stand there and trade, no. But I, I think the, the, the Kamara fight, it's it probably, when we see Colby fight again, I think we're going to see him a little bit more gun-shy, less eager to just get into a brawl. And so I think he's going to mix it up better because he wasn't really mixing it up too much. Uh, against a guy like Masvidal, you got to mix it up. You got to you got to keep him guessing. 
you you have to threaten them with the takedown and, and with some vicious ground and pound. I mean, you got to threaten them standing. And, and when you work those different elements into a fight, you become more unpredictable, and then you put your your opponent much more on edge. So you, they're more responsive to your feints and 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 your counters and your setups and and so on and so forth. So I think Kobe wins that. But go, going back to Connor too, you might hate me for this. I was just watching the the Conor McGregor uh, Khabib fight, and before he fades, right? Once he fades, we know he, he doesn't really have a good shot at winning. But before Conor fades, I would argue that he's he's still the most dangerous in in that that weight division. Maybe, gosh, he, there's some tough fights ahead of him, but I, I think that he could beat Khabib. And, and the reason why I say this, I, I was watching the fight back. Did you just say Connor can beat Khabib? Is that what you just fucking yes, said? Yeah, yeah, bear with me for a second. Go watch round one one more time uh, of him and Khabib. I, again, this is all contingent upon Connor getting it done before he fades. Round one, Connor's takedown defense was actually brilliant. If you watch his takedown defense, nobody had defended Khabib like this. Uh, he, he definitely had a. Connor's innovative in there. I mean, we see what he did with the, the shoulders to to Cerrone. He and, and and I think about Chad Mendez. Like he strategically timed those those front kicks, the teeth to the body, and that that was the beginning of the end for Chad Mendez. So Connor's very very smart. Doesn't have a gas tank, but he's very smart. Possesses power, and I think that he's actually a good grappler. I think we just we've never really seen it, but if you just look at the the little there's a little insight that, that we got into Connor's grappling game combined with his innovative mentality. Watch him defend the takedown. He nearly took Khabib back. I think that if he would have committed a little bit more, he could have. With the strategy that he was using, if you watch it back and you look at it objectively, it was brilliant. Now, I'm all of this that I'm saying when I say I think he can beat him is I'm I'm buying into what Connor said about how he wasn't mentally. I think there's some truth to that. You know, you get a guy who who achieves the type of success that Connor achieves and makes the type of money he makes. And this was Dana said it, and, and Joe Rogan said it on several occasions. Is like, how do you keep a guy like that hungry? You know, when they have so much, how do you keep them focused? So I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that what Connor said is true that. Going into that fight, he didn't have the same Conor McGregor fire, which which impacted how he trained, how he prepared. And then when he went in there, he might have even had a false sense of confidence. And and I think he lost that fight before it even began. But if that's true, and if what we saw against Cowboy, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but if what we saw in, in the last Conor McGregor fight, if that was not a setup, how good he really is and how fired up he's, he's become again. I think that guy could could take Khabib out. I think that that's a possibility. With that said, I don't think Connor Gacy, I don't think he can beat Tony. I think those are two fights that stylistically just won't, Connor won't fare well in. But I think he can beat Khabib. Okay, chastise me for it. 
I don't even know where to begin. I, I agree with you, because as you're speaking, I, I actually was watching it back. And I think that maybe with Connor as well, because in a fight, you got to remember, like, what seems like an attorney to us is like a fraction of a millisecond to them. I think that maybe Connor didn't even realize he was going to be in that type of position. So he didn't go for it because it wasn't something he trained for. Like, he probably didn't train on taking Khabib's back. So when it happened, maybe in his mind, he was like, almost like just was surprised it was there. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, he was surprised yeah. it was there when he probably never dreamed, like, okay, if I'm in the position to take Khabib's back, he's probably thinking defense, 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 not thinking really offense. And so I think maybe the next time he'll be, will be smarter, right? More cognizant of it and be like, hey, this is a real fucking possibility. Because at the time, maybe he didn't think it was going to be. Like, when he's going to his training, he probably wasn't doing, you know, rear naked fucking chokes and shit. You know what I mean? He was probably yeah. doing, like, keep him away, keep him away. You know what I mean? Trying to create his distance and all that. So maybe there was an element of that, too. Like, maybe if he had even foreshadowed himself taking... Can you imagine if Conor McGregor choked out Khabib? Oh, my fucking God. That would have been... Like, because oh. everyone would have said that was impossible. So that's why I think he probably wasn't practicing for it or training for it, but fuck. Yeah, I mean, can you, can you imagine how much his stock would have went up? If he if he choked out Khabib, that guy's legacy, as if it wasn't already solidified, I mean, he would have shut so many people up. And so I think there's a part of him that wants that. So I'm curious to see what, what they're, they're going to do with him, who they're going to, who they're going to match him up with. Cause it sounds like from, from what the reports are saying, it sounds like there's definitely something in the works. There's definitely a plan for him. I'm very interested to see who, who it's going to be. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing we have in, in the, uh, in the fighting world is Cejudo. He uh, basically um, he basically retires, right? And I say basically because you know how that goes when they're young; they say they yeah. retire now, and um, and so like maybe they'll come back. But with his bantamweight belt, uh, our man, we had many conversations about Jose Aldo is going to fight uh, Yan P- Peter Yan Peter Yan. How you say that? Yeah, Peter Yan. Peter Yan. Yeah. So you got that fight going on for the bantamweight. And uh, I remember when I didn't respect Jose Aldo. And you said, why? He only had one bad fight. And then I said, you, it's like, I go to a bar and I see a beautiful woman. And then she shits herself. (laughs) And then you say, why don't you go talk to her? And I'm like, because I seen her shit herself. (laughs) It kind of ruins it. So, Jose Aldo... does he? What the fuck is he doing in the fight? Any? No, I'm not gonna ask that. Anyway, Aldo versus Jan for Cejudo's bantamweight belt in that fight. Who do you think wins? Oh man, that's a tough one to call because Jan is. I think he's the next big thing in that division, but you can't count Jose out yet. Like he, I think he's reinvigorated. Yeah, I think that I think that he has too much octagon experience. So I think that it might be a little bit early for for Jan to be the champion. But I think it's going to be. I just don't think it's yet. But I don't know. I mean, Aldo has been in a lot of wars, and so you always wonder, well, well, how much more can they take? Because 
there's a, a shelf life on, on a fighter's jaw. You know, there's a shelf life on their ability to take punishment. And it catches up some. So, I don't know. I, I think that, that Aldo has the tools. He has the experience. But we need to see the, the best Aldo in there. And then he'll win. The best Aldo against the best Jan, I think, I think Aldo wins. But anything less than the best Aldo, he, he might, might not win that. Jan's going to take that's, it. That's, that's my thought on that. He's going to take it. I, don't, I have no faith and confidence in Aldo. He's going like, to look like Cormier when he lost to John Jones crying in the middle of fucking octagon. It's over. <laughs> Get the fuck out of there. Jan takes the belt because there's no one else in the fucking octagon who can take it from him. So it's that. I'm not going to sing Jan's praises. I'm just saying he's the right guy in the in the right spot. And yeah, this is something you may not have seen, right? With Cejudo retiring from the UFC, he's already got his new job. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. I, I do hate the fact that he's gone though, and I think a lot of people, you know, king of cringe, talking a lot of trash. But you need a guy like that. You need a guy like that in the UFC. You don't. You don't just have. You can't have an organization with just a bunch of people that everybody loves. You got to have some bad guys. And he was that bad guy. And he was just fun. He to was watch calling out Valentina Shevchenko. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, he was fun. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. And he just brought a lot of excitement. He brought a lot of excitement. And I think, I think it was DC, in fact, who just recently said it, but. I believe he said that, that people are going to miss Cejudo now that he's gone. They're going to realize what we have in, in, a, in a fighter like him. But he's him. already got a job. Got, Did you see his new job? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt a little bit bad for him at first because he was a little bit, like, almost timid to shove those two other guys out of the way and make himself seen. You know, he's a short guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I wanted to see him attack somebody. <laughs> Yeah, he's in Mike Tyson's entourage. Yeah, yeah, you had him, Vitor Belfort, mm-hmm. Rashad Evans was there. Yeah, AEW's making a splash. It's so crazy because it used to be they were convert over to wrestling, and we talked WWE. This other company, mm-hmm. AEW, uh, they're coming around, and uh, yeah, and I think they have a plan for all that because I don't think they just paid them for one night. You know what I mean? They're going to do something with it. So we shall fucking see. Because WWE's in fucking trouble over the whole XFL thing. You know, they're they're looking to sell. They're hoping to sell. Like For the first time, we may see the crumble of that. And you got AEW. I'm like, man, Cejudo, what are you doing in wrestling, man? Because he's too tiny, right? Like, what the fuck's he going to do? Yeah, but I think he I think he intrigues a lot of people. Yeah. There, there's he's just one of those he's he's one of those rare guys that comes along every every several decades he's one of those guys i think he's a good good entertainer he embraced his role and he sold it he sold it i mean the pillows for, for this last fight you know when he, he retired i don't know if you saw the photo i did yeah he saw the pillows of the guy's face like for what reason i didn't even get it <laughs> it's not even intimidating <laughs> yeah and, and, and then he he after he retired he took a photo with him and his his belt and then the the face pillows of of all these guys that he's beaten and he's, or he's beaten and he, he's sleeping, he's sleeping comfortably, peacefully. So it was a cool little statement that he made, but I, I, I Dominic Cruz, I don't know what it is. I gravitate towards people with initials DC, 
But hmm. Dominic Cruz was and has been one of my favorite fighters. Like I just loved seeing him fight. I was I was torn when he lost to to Cody, and I really wanted to see him come back up. I wanted to see him beat the Hudo. Well, maybe I, in the future, right? He'll come back. He's too young. You can't just retire that young. But thanks, Carano did it, right? So maybe. Yeah, I can see Cejudo doing like a, a George St. Pierre type thing. Like I, I can see him being retired for several years and then getting that, that itch. Like I'm watching all these guys. I'm still better than them. Let me go in and, and make a statement. Like I can see Cejudo doing something like that. But I, I think that with this wrestling gig, I think we'll probably see him directing most of his time and energy to that. And I think I think he knew that was on the horizon for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know he so, can cut a promo. They're probably waiting for the perfect time. You know, because you yeah. bring in a guy like Tyson who's been... The reason why Tyson's the leader of that whole pack or why he was there was because he has some wrestling experience because he's been in the WWE before, part of one of the famous groups, D-Generation X, and bringing in was a statement. But I think they're going to use all those fucking guys and Zahudo get the chance to work that mic. And they're going to capitalize on it. You know, because... And so I was going to look at it like this. I can promo all the time and they can like, I'm not going to get my head kicked in, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win. I'm, you know, they're not going to bury me. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lose. And even if I lose, I'm not getting my head kicked in. Well, maybe, steel, yeah, maybe a steel chair to the abdomen, but that's about it. <laughs> Cause, and, and, and you and I talked about this a while back. You're more familiar with the wrestling scene than I am. But money-wise, like would you say that, that the Hudo – to make more money in pro wrestling than, than pro MMA? The, the reason I say yes, but is it worth it? And here's why. The reason why wrestlers can be poised to make more money, right? And the reason why these guys make millions upon millions of dollars, but you've got to think of how many dates they work. See, this is the thing that Ronda didn't like when she realized the full-time schedule. When Ronda signed up for a full-time schedule, she thought it was Monday or Thursday nights. It'd be one day a week. And then twice a week on a day there was like a pay-per-view or special event. What a lot of people don't realize that works into their dates is... They've got to take these bumps and bruises. We're like, oh, well, they take bumps. Well, they do it every single day almost because they do house shows, these untelevised events. So really in the course of a 365-day year, if you look it up, these wrestlers a lot of times will wrestle 140 times. So when you only do MMA, and I'm not saying only do MMA, but when you fight, you may only fight two to three times a year, and yet your camps are going on. But you're not taking like bumps and bruises and always on the road, and you can spend time with your family, they can be with you. In wrestling, you can't be there with your family. So... Is it worth it? You're always away from your family. Instead of fighting twice, you're wrestling 140 times. You know, and that adds up on your body. You know, you're living in your boots and your underwears. It's just not, it's not the life for you. I don't know. It's not the life for me. I, I like to watch wrestling. If anybody said, do you want to be a wrestler? No, I'll be a fucking commentator. That's easy. I'll do that 140 fucking times a year. What the fuck do I get? I'm up the top rope. And Macho Man did it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not the Macho Man, but it looks like the Macho Man. I don't know what the fucking name is. What's his name? Then <laughs> uh, I'll be like this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Like Hulk Hogan call everyone brother. I'll just call everyone this fucking guy. The <laughs> <laughs> days of yeah. wrestling. The, the late 80s, early 90s, good time. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think with this, this fight card coming up today, do you think Woodley Woodley starts his climb back to a title shot, or do you think he gets stopped by Burns? 
No, I, I think Woodley has some fight left in him. I really do. I, I don't. I don't think. That, I, yeah, I, I think that he's definitely gonna put on a show. It's kind of like how I feel about Georgia St. Pierre, right? Where or like some people think he like, well, he's probably done. I think that he's going to fucking pull a Hulk Hogan from the fucking late to, to early two thousands. I think if he gets <laughs> in with Khabib, he's going to fucking win, and he's gonna shock the fucking world. I really do. I believe that if Georgia St. Pierre gets Neil Khabib, even though to some people won't make rational sense, I will tell you that he'll pull a fucking the return of Ultimate Warrior and beat that motherfucker. I do. I believe that. that I, I think it'd be a shocker to a lot of people. That, if, if of any fight that could be matched up, that is by far my number one that I would love to see. Georgia St. Khabib. Fight Oh my goodness! Yes. Do you like, think Georges I, can I win like I do or no? I do. I, I do. I think that he could. And then what a story! You know this 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 guy who captured success at the highest level quite a while ago, who's been inactive, comes back. Like I mean, it was a big thing when he came back after I think four years and beat Bisping, because everybody's like, "Oh, ring rust." And that wasn't just ring rust. I mean, you're talking about ring decay because he hadn't fought for, for four years. Comes in and he, and he takes the belt and just says, have a back, I'm done again. Like, <laughs> St. Pierre's crazy like that. But he's so talented. He, he, it, I almost Bobby Fisher of don't UFC. like I almost don't like St. Pierre because I feel like he robbed people of seeing a Wayne Gretzky or a Michael Phelps or a Michael Jordan. Like, I feel like we've been robbed of that because he shouldn't have retired. We, we, people, young people, they need some, you know, 20 years from now, they need to be able to say, oh, yeah, I remember watching St. Pierre. Nobody was like this guy. And I feel like we're cheated out of that. But that's, that's a topic for, for another day. But I do think St. Pierre could come back. And just imagine that. You have this, this new lion who's the king of the jungle dominating – smashing everybody in his prime. You can't say that St. Pierre's in his prime. You can't say a fighter who's been in- inactive for nearly six years is-, is in his prime. But he comes back and he smashes Khabib and then just walks away again. Like, the statement that that makes, I mean, that's a, like, it's like a movie script. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible. So, yeah. I think it's fucking really possible. I actually would bet on it. Because I don't yeah. think he's going to come back to fucking lose. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think he would win. I'm with you on that. I think he'd win. Mm-hmm. All right, my that man. Was- well, this is probably where we got to cut it. Um, come to the end of our time. <sighs> I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully by, uh, you know, next weekend, we'll find out if uh, if Woodley truly still had it. Or yeah, if not, <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, a little change of tune from normal sales talks, but I think it's good. It's good to uh, diversify. Yeah, it was fun, and I, I just I just need to leave with with this comment. Ooh, here we go. That, that DC. Oh my Christ! Is better than a non-Jew, John Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> it's like the Grammys, right? The minute I knew you were going to talk shit about John Jones. Oh, and here comes the music. Oh, Oh, come on. You can't believe anything you've been saying. All right, buddy. All right, take care, my man. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.